be Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Thank you, Adam. It's great to see everyone today, all the good smiling faces and being able to worship God and being able to sing praises to him. We've been talking a little bit about being alone and what that would be like, and that that doesn't have to be a terrible thing, that there are some useful things when you're alone. Uh, I wouldn't say pleasant, but uh, that's where most of our learning takes place, is the times when we're alone and the times when we go through difficult things. And so being alone has a purpose. And so there's a reason for it. And sometimes we're alone together, and we talked about that last week. And you're with a lot of other people, but it seems like it's just you. And they're all busy, and they're all on their phones, and uh, you're just there, and no one's talking to you. And there are times like that when we have to deal with those things. So today we want to talk about time together. So this is when you're with a lot of other people, they're there, and you would think, wow, this is going to be great. So we're going to start with Cain and Abel. Oh, well, maybe it's not so good when you're together, right? Because that's usually when we have more trouble with people, isn't it? When we're together with other people, and then I mean, there's a lot of good things that happen with other people. Um, if you look at the beginning of the church in Acts 2, you've got all this time when they were together. They had everything in common. They ate their meals together. They did all these things together. They, there wasn't a needy person among them. And they went from house to house and they were having meals all the time. And so they were together every single day, all the time. These people were coming over and coming over and coming over and coming over. And when are we ever going to get a break from people coming? No, that's not right, is it? It just depends on which one you are. You see, some people really enjoy being around a lot of other people. And the fact that church met daily and met in their home would be such a joy. And other people are like, you know, I can take a lot of people in small doses, about that much. <laughs> and so we can come together and and then I want to escape. And I want to be somewhere else. And I want to go where everybody isn't always there and I have to always be nice. Why? Why is that? And. There's just different types of people, and so that may be a great time, or it may be your worst nightmare, that everybody from church is going to come over every single day. I don't know which one it is for you, but a lot of it's because we encounter different things with people. Cain enables the first two that seem to have difficulty in church. I mean, there was only two of them, right? 
And they seem to not get along because here they are. One brings crops and one brings a lamb and God likes one of them better than the other. And that's just what we're going to do, isn't it? We're going to bring different things to the same experience. And so the very first thing you have with people together is one kills the other. Well, then it's better, right? There's only one. No. There has been trouble all the way through with the being together. If we think alone is hard, try being with other people. That becomes hard. And so basically, I don't know that there is a time where you can say, oh, it's always easy. Because we have these things that we encounter. And so there's a very strange story that Jesus tells in Luke chapter 10. And I have to look and make sure we're there. That Adam has read for us this morning. And as you look at this, I thought I knew what this story said. I've assumed things all my life for this story that uh, don't seem to be in the story. And so see if these are the same things that you saw. Um, Mary and Martha are always together. Seems like they're always mentioned together. Uh, they stay in the same house. We understand it's Martha's house. And so it does not say it's Mary's house. It's Martha's house. And so we understand that's what happened. Usually we see that there are three people that are there. But this just talks about Mary and Martha. And so Martha seems to be one of those people who's on top of all the details. And Jesus goes to her house, and there are times when we would go to someone's house. As Jesus goes to her house, she is fixing everything for him. She is getting everything ready. She is making all the preparations, and Mary, her sister, is sitting there listening to Jesus. And as you know, when you have people over, there's a whole lot to be done. The sisters seem to be very, very different from each other. Because one is really focused on the serving side of things. And, and Jesus talks a lot about serving. And she's trying to do her best to prepare everything for Jesus. And one just sits and listens to him. Just kind of sits there in awe. And when Jesus taught, Mary wants to be right there. And so this idea of serving is important. And we are always taking care of people. And she comes and gets kind of overwhelmed with everything and says... Don't you care, which is an interesting phrase. My sister has left me to serve alone. Well, they're not alone. I mean, Jesus is there. Mary is there. But that's not what the focus is. The focus is my sister has left me to serve alone. I'm having to do all of this. And she seems a little frustrated and a little bit upset. Well, we have to have food, don't we? I mean, she should have been up helping, and yet that's really not the answer we get. What makes things worse is Jesus defends Mary and says, well, she's chosen the better thing. Okay, now what? Well, now he doesn't tell her to get up and go help. Now, can she get up and go help? But if she's already chosen the better thing, doesn't she have to stay there? I told you, this story is one of those that kind of makes you go around in circles. Is she not helping deliberately? 
Is he just oblivious to the fact that Martha is up serving and doing all this stuff? And you know how people are sometimes. You just don't notice that there was a lot of stuff to be done because it wasn't things you were thinking about and you were focused on something else. And, you know, maybe she just wasn't aware of it or maybe she was deliberately sitting at the feet of Jesus. And she wanted to be there. She knew she needed to be there. She was listening to Jesus. She was intent on that. And you know what, Martha, you can do all the serving you want to, but this is more important. I want to listen to Jesus. And that seems to be Jesus' interpretation in the passage as well. That here's what I want you to do is to be able to listen to me. And so she's chosen the better things that she is dedicated to Jesus, that she is listening to him. And so how would you finish the story? Because it just ends right there. Don't we have to have an end of the story? I think there's always got to be a happy ending. How would you have a happy ending on this? You know, what happens at the end of this? Mary listened for a while and then got up and helped so that she would be one helping or... Martha took off her apron, threw it on the floor and stomped out and said, there's going to be no dinner for you guys tonight. (laughs) Or Martha's embarrassed and she just goes back to fixing dinner. Maybe Martha comes over and sits down at the feet of Jesus too. and says, okay, I understand. I'll just sit. We won't have dinner tonight. It needs a better ending, doesn't it? We're not left with one. And you can kind of assume from this teaching whatever you need to assume. I think two things are important to realize here. First is that Jesus is the focus. And pay attention to him. That's what he says. She has chosen the better thing. She is listening to me. She is dedicated to me. She's not up serving. And so she is focused on me. My assumptions in this story are what distorted a bit. Because my assumptions were, there's always three that are mentioned. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. But Lazarus isn't in the story. And not only that, but my assumptions are always, then there's twelve disciples, right? Not in the story. If you look at the text of what it actually says... They went on their way, and Jesus entered the village. Not they entered the village. And so the story begins to look a little bit different now. Because Jesus went alone to Martha's house, and Mary was there. And Mary is the one talking to him in the living room. And if Mary would have gotten up to help serve, Jesus would be by himself. Doesn't say the rest of them are there. And so it looks a little bit different when you say it that way. It looks almost like Martha is very much intent on serving and trying to get all this stuff ready for three of them. But you know what's more important is listening to Jesus and what Jesus has to say. It's not that they needed a ten-course dinner. Just, just make a sandwich, Martha, and we'll be fine. But she can't do that. She's got all these things that she's got to do. And it's hard to teach when students keep running off. 
So he says, she's chosen the better thing. She needs to stay and to listen. And that seems to be what's most important. The second thing is don't let the lack of help cause your frustration. And I know that's very easy to say, but it's really hard to do, isn't it? Maybe things don't need to be done right then. Maybe it isn't that the dinner has to be done that way. And maybe we just need to get the lady some help. Does this sound more like church? Some people are Martha's and they do all the arranging. And some people are Mary's and they just sit and want to be spiritual. And it's called time together, right? And so there's a lot of things that happen that are, you know, maybe a little bit harder in our time together. And sometimes our timing is off and we need to see each other and we need to figure out a way to do things. I saw this. A lot of times we're trying to get things to work out, but we're just not quite sure how to make them work. And it seems like a long way from Acts 2 and having everything in common and everybody's over to the house and everybody enjoyed that and the devotion to fellowship. That is as long as you're cooking, right? We can be devoted to fellowship because you're the one doing that. And still Jesus says, Mary has chosen the better thing. She sits at Jesus' feet because Jesus is the center of it all. And I think that's maybe the first thing we have to realize. Well, Martha did live with Mary and with Lazarus. It never calls it Lazarus's house or Mary's house. It's always Martha's house and Lazarus and Mary live with her. And so she does seem to be the one that is more involved and more focused on details. And they come up several times in Scripture. And so in John chapter 11, especially, they are all three together at the same house and Lazarus dies and they send for Jesus and Jesus waits. And as she finds out Jesus is on his way, it's Martha that comes running, not Mary. Mary stays sitting in the house, but this time it's Martha who comes out. And she's the first one to Jesus and says, if he'd been here, he wouldn't have died. And so you see that devotion. And then when you get to the tomb, though, and Jesus says, roll us away the stone, it's Martha that says, no, he's going to smell. Well, doesn't that just fit right in with Martha? I mean, here, you know, we can't have that. We've got to work with all these things. And then a passage in John chapter 12. That's the one I was supposed to show you before. This is the one about us working together. This is the trouble with me being blind up here. I can't tell what's behind me. This is how, uh, no, this is not how church works. This is what happens when we're together and trying to figure things out. In John chapter 12, It says, six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there, and Martha served. And Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. 
and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. And Jesus said, Leave her alone that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. And so once again, Jesus defends Mary for the actions that she's done. It's six days before he's going to be crucified. He comes again to Martha's house. This time all three are there, and this time the disciples have come as well. And it says Martha was serving. No question about it. Martha is serving, and Mary is not. And somehow the two of them seem to have worked this out, that there's not a big tension about this anymore, at least for this time. And perhaps Mary was helping with things But we do read about the time where Mary comes and she has this very expensive ointment and she begins to anoint Jesus' feet and then wipe those feet with her hair. It's a pound. How much is a pound of perfume? Is that a lot? Did you put a pound of perfume on when you came here this morning? If you are, you're probably sitting by yourself. (laughs) That's a lot. They sell it by the ounce, and usually not very many ounces for a lot of dollars. And that's why this is a huge amount of perfume. But, you know, they didn't have deodorant back then. And so what she does fills the whole house. It is such an honor to Jesus. And if there's one thing about Mary that you can see, she is absolutely dedicated to Jesus because this huge price for this huge amount of perfume and she makes it so personal as she comes and says, I'm just going to anoint your feet. And then she wipes the feet with her hair. It's not because she didn't have a towel. It's a sign of submission. I'm putting myself under your feet. And I want to anoint you. And I'll use myself, I'll use my hair to wipe your feet because you are the one who's most important. You are the one who's to be honored. I don't know whether she understood it was anointing for his burial or she knew anything about his burial. She's trying to honor Jesus with everything that she has, exactly as she had done before. This is Mary, consistent all the way through, and Martha, consistent all the way through, but they seem to have worked out their problems in being together. And the fragrance fills the house, and this time it's Judas that seems to get in the way and say, well, why did she do that? We could have given this to the poor, and yet it wasn't for the poor, it was more for himself. And she was just honoring Jesus because, once again, Jesus is the most important at any point. And it's all focused on Him in that way. Everything was not always smooth with His disciples either. And so you can see how this goes and you can see that Judas is thinking about himself. Well, I could have had that money. I mean, we could have given some to the poor, but I could have had the 290 off of it and 
you know, overhead. It's, yeah. You understand how sometimes charities work. And as you look at the interpersonal things that happen there, you see the selfishness of Judas. But that's not the only time. There's another time where James and John have decided that they should just go ahead and ask for the places of honor. And so they said, can we sit on your right and left hand? Well, first they say, well, well you just say yes to whatever we ask. He says, no, I'm going to find out what you want to know first. You know, every child learns that with their parents and uh, it never works. Don't know why. But he says, well, it is for somebody, but it's maybe not for you. And then when the ten hear about it, that they had even asked for the places of honor, well, then they're upset, maybe because they didn't ask first, but they're upset because how would you think that you're better than me? You think you deserve more than me and that you should have a better place and you should get more attention, that you ought to be over this. And so they seem to be very indignant and very upset. This is how a lot of problems get started. This is what happens when we are together. And so there's a lot of things that can happen when someone wants more their way or their place or that, you know, problems are going along as Jesus was talking with them. He tries to get to a greater place and other people get upset and Jesus tries to explain there is a natural order. It will happen. Somebody will be on the right hand and somebody will be on the left, but it's more a recognition of their humility than it is because they ask and got special permission. And then he it says, when the ten heard it, make sure I'm on the right. When the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. And Jesus called them and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant, and whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man has not came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so he explains, yeah, it's going to be there. But it's more about serving. In fact, I came to serve. Doesn't that sound like Martha? Wait a minute. I thought the most important was sitting around Jesus and being at the front and being first place. And now when the disciples start doing this, it sounds more like it's, you know, let's go back to Martha's side. And he's talking about this concept of service and that we ought all be servants and that that's most important. Jesus really doesn't want us all just sitting around his feet. There is a time for that. There is a time and place where someone will be first and second. But that's not what's most important is that we all just sit around Jesus' feet. But when he's here, that would be most important. And serving can wait. We need to keep both different things in the right 
place and understand what that's all about. When Jesus is asked about fasting, he said, they don't fast because the bridegroom is still here. And so the answer that he's giving to Mary and Martha is, you know, Mary's chosen the better one because I'm here. And as soon as I'm gone, then Martha's is the better because Martha's serving. And I think we get these mixed up sometimes and we get confused about it. No, most important is to sit with Jesus or most important is to be able to serve. Well, both are most important. And so sometimes we get those confused a little bit. What do we do with time together? Well, first we place honor on Jesus. That's the first thing. Sit and listen to him, to what he says, to what his word says. It's leading, learning leads us toward knowing and being known by God and for God being able to understand us and us being able to understand Him. It's what makes for courage. It's what makes for possibility. It's what makes for adventure. And learning is what comes into our life that we're able then to share that with other people and how it plays out is different for each of us and yet we may have a common understanding from Scripture. And service is the second thing. There is a place of service with people. To encourage, to lift up. To be able to give a blessing. To be able to have activity that we do to help them. Where they're the ones that's most important. It's how we make disciples. It's how we bring others in. It's what shows the love of God. It's how we describe to other people what's going on. And it's important in teaching our children as well. Because they need to be able to see us serving, not just sitting at the feet of Jesus and learning, but also serving. And so both of those come in where they see that we're learning about God, that we do take time to understand God, but also that we're able to go and learn. And how else are they going to learn if we're not the one serving? It's not a matter of us being able to say to someone, I want you to be a servant, you go serve, but I don't do anything. You know that doesn't work. Because nobody does what you refuse. It just doesn't happen that way. We follow the example, what we see you doing as you say the words. But if the words and the actions don't match, then we don't follow any of it. And it's one of those things that's important for us to realize that both of those need to be part of what we do here. And how we plan here. In Ephesians chapter 4, Paul writes this about the way church is supposed to work when we come together. He gave the apostles, prophets, and evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when, with, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. 
And so he's saying Jesus gave places. He says he gave evangelists, shepherds, and teachers that we would have today. Some more that they had back then. The reason is to be Martha. To equip people for service. He's trying to teach them to be Martha so that they take care of people. But the reason that they do that is not just to get it done. The reason they do that is for the maturity that comes. It's being able to have this body that works together. It's being able to say, we're all different parts. We're all a joint where things are joined together. And it is in those joints that it makes everything work. That's what makes all the difference. And we're, we are those joints. And we're supposed to equip and to learn so that every part works properly. And sometimes we sit and we learn and we pay attention and it, it fills us. And sometimes it's time to get up now. And it's time to go to work now. Because that's what makes maturity. It's not the person who sits and learns or the person who goes out and never learns. It's the person who can do both. And it's the church that can do both. And it's the body that can do both. And yet sometimes that's where we get in our conflict and our time together. There is a devotion to Jesus and to listening to Him. It's called worship. And there's a service to others that they might find Jesus. And that's what maturity comes through. And that's what it builds to. It builds itself up in love. And Jesus calls you to be part of that. That's what we're trying to build here. That's what we're trying to be here. It's not just one side of that, but both sides of that. And so make sure that you're part of both sides of that. That we're able to learn, that we're able to teach. Especially those little ones that you saw. There's a whole herd of them up here going by. That's going to take some time. It's going to take some people to be able to share some information. That's service. That's also sharing. And it is in doing those kind of things that it leads us to maturity. And I hope you're part of this body tonight, today. I, I hope you feel like this is the place where you fit, where you belong, where you're part of it. But there's always the tension in the Mary Martha house. And we all serve and we all work together because Jesus is the center of it all. Today, if we can do anything to help you in this... We would love to be able to pray with you.